Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Uh, we had a wonderful time away. Uh, I was trying to be truthful for, for myself because I, I didn't miss the normal life for that month. And uh, so I, I, I want to say I didn't really miss being here. Uh, but I, what I did really miss was you guys. I really did. Like I, I, I really uh, was looking forward to coming back and, and reuniting with you. Uh, as great of a time we had, Carrie and I were able to celebrate our 20th anniversary a year late. Um, and so uh, for our 21st anniversary, we got to go to Europe and see Prague and be in a building that was almost a thousand years old um, and just ate what we wanted to eat, drank what we wanted to drink and didn't gain a pound. <laughs> so God was moving. And so, yeah, we were excited. And so thank you for your prayers while we were gone. And uh, of course, you know, now that we're back in the real world, um, we've rested and rejuvenated and we're going to get to work. This afternoon with some <laughs> flooded basement and garage. So, uh, but thankfully, um, we're all safe and um, we, we will get through this storm, literally. So, uh, it's good to be back. So, I was thinking, what can I share with you on the first Sunday back? Because this is like five Sundays in a row I didn't preach. So, this could be a really long sermon if I were not such a great preacher, all right? But I'm going to be so good today, I'm going to be right on time, and I'm thinking, what in the world can I share with you that would encourage you? And I thought, you know what, what really encouraged me on my time away? And there's one question, one, um, there's my sermon over here, let me grab it. One question that I had in, in reading a book, and it really, <laughs> it's still changing my, my life right now. It's still empowering right now. So here's the question I have for you. What if you could hear audibly, all right? Jesus is in the next room and he's praying for you. How would that change your life? How would it change your life if you heard the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, praying for you by name? Isn't that? Jesus is praying for us. And so there's this um, reality of like, I know I go through this at times where I feel like, yeah, Jesus, I know that you saved me and I know that you know, I'm going to heaven when I die and I know that, um, that I'm forgiven. But sometimes, if I can just be honest, and I, I can, so I will, um, I feel like, what have you done for me lately? That was a long time ago, but I don't really feel your presence now. And it seems sometimes like you've even maybe turned your back on me. But we go through those seasons, but... Jesus is praying for you right now, and it's the heart of God to pursue you in those moments of your weakness. And sometimes even in the moments of your just flat-out rebellion, He's pursuing you in those moments with the heart of a loving older brother, a loving father. And so I want you to look with me in Hebrews chapter 7. Uh, Hebrews is towards the back of the New Testament. It's right after... Uh, 
all the Pauline letters, Pauline, Pauline, however you want to say that. I've heard it both ways. So I'm going to say Pauline letters, the letters that Paul wrote. We're not sure exactly who wrote Hebrews, um, but it is a fantastic book and uh, a letter. And in chapter 7, verse 23, I'm going to kind of sum, summarize this, but it's talking about Jesus being the, the better high priest. All right, And so there are all these priests that have come before, uh, and they were all sinful. They would have to offer sacrifices for their own sin and then offer sacrifices for the people. But then there's this Jesus that comes on the scene, and now we don't have to do that. And so in verse 22, I'll pick up there, uh, it talks about an oath, and Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Now, there have been many of those priests in the past, like I just mentioned, since death prevented them from their continuing office. So obviously, priests don't live forever. They would die. There would be another one that would come along to fill that space. But because Jesus lives forever, forever, He has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. You can highlight or underline that part. I would encourage you. He lives to intercede for them. So this, not only is Jesus better in every way as a high priest, but He also is better in the way that He lives forever. So we don't have to wait for the next election or the next appointment or whatever it is that, that they would, the process of, of establishing a new priest. He's there forever. And this priest that lives forever... He lives to intercede for you. He's passionate about it. He loves to pray for you. He loves to intercede for you. And so there's maybe a couple of questions. So like, what is intercession? We think Christ the intercessor. What does that mean? So intercession is, is a third party getting involved with two other parties. And what that intercessor will do will represent one of the parties to the others. In fact, we're looking at an apartment today, and there's an agent who is interceding on behalf of the landlord. And still, we got to pay a broker fee if we do it. So, uh, but there's, there's the payment for that. And so there's an agent, someone working for, speaking for someone. If you go to court, you have a lawyer, an attorney who represents you, who's interceding for you. And so you have someone standing in the gap for you. And so that's what intercession is. And but, but Christ is interceding for us in the way that there is God the Father, and then there's us, and then Christ comes along and intercedes on our behalf. Why? Why do we need that right now? And that's a, something to really think about is like if we are in Christ, and we know things like Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, why do I still need Jesus to intercede for me? Because Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. My, my sins have been atoned for. I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm new in Christ. I'm a new creation. I'm dead to the old self and I'm raised anew. So what is Christ doing in that intercession right now? Is, is it a salvific, a salvation type uh, intercession that I need to be careful? I might lose my salvation? No, that's not what's happening. What it is, is it's kind of like, a, well... We are, we are justified in Christ when we are in Christ. But the intercession that Christ is doing for us in this moment is almost making this uh, continual application of that justification into our lives. I think most of us can agree that just because we came to faith in Christ, we didn't just stop sinning. We still have issues. It's just, but, but God's posture toward us isn't angry. Like, I am so sick of you doing that. Now, we get angry when people continue to in sin or continue to offend us or do things that are wrong, right? 
And we can get sick of people and we can just write them off, but that's not the heart of God. A lot of times we run away and what God does is he runs in. So he's interceding, he's trying to take that, or he's, he's working to make that justification and that sanctification process happen more and more to change us and transform us. And so we don't just become moralistic people who uh, know how to do the right thing, but God, and also I want to say this too, we, we don't just have a list of things that we don't do anymore in order to show that we're changed. God is in the recreation of our heart. It, at the core of who we are, changes who we are. It's not that I just don't look at things on the internet anymore. It's not that I've stopped sleeping around. It's not that I've just done these things. It's that my heart is changed. And so the things of the world that used to draw me into them, they just pale in comparison to the reality of who Christ is. So um, it's not that Jesus is pointing to interceding for, okay, God, give them another chance. That I know, I know he screwed up this time, but you know, I know, I know that she lost her temper again. I, I, all these things. He's not saying that. He's applying and he's blessing us with what he's already done for us, not what his expectations are of us. In fact, a lot of times that intercession is reminding us in that moment, you're saved. You're not a lost cause. Yes, you chose the wrong action in this moment, but that's not who you are. You're not, when you are in Christ, you're no longer a sinner. You're no longer dead in your sin. You are a saint. You are alive in Christ. You have been changed. And from that changed position of who you are, you still struggle against the flesh. You still struggle against the sinful nature. You still struggle against wanting to do what you shouldn't want to do, things that are not healthy for you, but that's not who you are. You've been changed. Romans chapter 8, if you want to look there as well, uh, is a great chapter. And then Romans 8, 33 and 34 talks about this, this, um, this changing of who we are. It says, um, well, I'll start in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And then it says, who can bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. We don't justify ourselves. Our resume before God isn't, look at how good I did today. You must be so proud. I mean, that's great. Rejoice in how good you did today. But that's not your justification. Your justification is what's been done for you in Christ. And that can't be taken away. And it says, who is it? Who is he that condemns? And then it says, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and he is also what? Interceding for us. So the right hand of God is this position of power, and Jesus is using all of his power, all of his authority to intercede for you and for me. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus is praying for us right now. What if we heard his audible words? Father, bless Daniel. Remind Daniel that he is a changed person. Remind him of how loved he is. Remind him of the cross and what the work I did for him when he's struggling with shame over, over the sins that he's committed. Remind him of what I've done for him. Remind him of this great, deep love I have. Change his heart, Lord. Remind him. Bless him. He's with me. 
So intercession is like if you've ever like bid on something on eBay or online wherever and, and you want to keep up, what do you hit? You hit the refresh button, right? And so intercession that Christ is doing is like hitting the refresh button for our justification. It's just updating it. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in my life, right? A lot of stuff going on in your life. A lot of choices you make. Thousands of choices a day. A lot of stuff going on. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Because all of those things can change in life, and they will change in life. But the thing that won't change is Christ's atoning work for you. That says a lot about God's love for us. Jesus justifies us by giving us not a list of rules, not a gift. Jesus gives us himself. We don't follow rules. This is a big shift or a big, uh, yeah, mindset change. We don't follow rules. We follow Jesus. We follow a person. There's a big difference in that. We follow him. We have a relationship with him. And he, he desires, his heart desires to pour out more of himself. He loves to pray for you. It's not begrudgingly. It's like, oh, crap, here goes Nathan again. I got to go pray again. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not that. It's, it's this, this, this long. He loves to pour out more of himself on us. And here's the other thing, too. Bless you. <laughs> I was in Germany, and I got to say Gesundheit, and it made sense. So Jesus loves to pour out more of himself on us. But here's kind of a difficult thing to understand. Those dark places of sin that maybe we only know about, those areas of doubt that we struggle with, those, those wounds that we have, those dark places that we don't want people to know about. We're afraid for people to find out. Those are the very places where Christ's love manifests the most. He enters into those spots and He wraps His arms around you and He says, I love you and I'm here for you. And look at the cross. Look how much I love you. You're justified. It's the heart of Jesus. Those, those tough areas in our lives that we struggle against are moments and those are areas that stir the heart of Christ even more with affection for us. Every good parent would every good parent grieves when their children suffer. And we suffer in different ways. And God is the, a good Father. And He will never walk out on you. He is praying for you right now. Jesus is praying for you and interceding for you. So I'm going to finish with this. There's actually in, in John chapter 17, Jesus prays for Himself. Then He prays for His disciples who are right there with Him. And then he prays for you and me. And so these are words. I'm going to read that chapter for us, or most of it. These are his words in uh, 17 verses 6 and following. I'm going to close with this. Because you think, okay, what is Jesus praying for me? Well, here's something right here. We'll finish with this. What is he praying? Jesus prays, I have revealed you. And he's speaking to the Father. He's praying. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You, you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. I gave them the words that you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. 
I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. And I, all I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Father. So, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me, and none has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that Scripture would be fulfilled. That was Judas he's talking about. And he says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. God wants a full measure of his joy to be within us. Even in the midst of storms, a full measure of his joy it doesn't mean we're happy. It doesn't mean that everything is going as planned, but there's this joy of knowing that God is there with us. He is there. I've given them your word and your world. The world has hated them. And they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but my prayer is that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. And then now he prays for all believers. He says, my prayer is not just for them alone, not just the one that can hear me right now, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. We believe through the message that's been carried down for generation upon generation, century upon century. I pray for those who will also believe in me, believe in Jesus through their message, the apostles' message that all of them may be one. So he's praying one thing for all of us right now, that we would be one. We would have unity. And we have a model for that. Just as you are in me. Oh, I skipped a part. Yeah, that they, be, that they may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. So that unity that the Father and the Son have. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Jesus wants you to be with him. Sometimes I don't even want to be with myself. <laughs> Father, I want them, the ones you've given me, to be with me where I am. I want them to see my glory. Man, if we see his glory, it's going to change our lives. The glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world doesn't know you, I know you. And they know that you've sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that, they, that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. 
Jesus backed up this prayer by going to the cross for you. He loves you. He's done all that for you, and he's still not done. Right now, he's at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding. He's praying out loud for you. Allow that to change your life forever. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we love you, and we are in awe that a God so great and grand uh, would, would look at us and not just reluctantly help us, not begrudgingly um, do what has to be done, but Lord, you desire for us to be with you so much that you, uh, that you gave your very life for us. So Lord, I pray your, your blessing over each one of us today. Lord, I just pray that we would hear your words. We would hear your prayers for us. That we would know that it's not just what you've done for us lately. We don't have to look back, even in recent history, to see that, Lord. We can know without a shadow of a doubt right now, in this moment, whenever now is, two hours from now, when we're working to clean out a garage or whatever we're doing, even in that moment, Lord, right now you're interceding for us. That your heart is turned towards us with affection and love and you desire to see your grace and your transformation just go further and further down into our souls. When we get frustrated because things aren't going our way, when we get frustrated because we lose our temper, when we get frustrated because we feel like giving up in whatever area of life, and Lord, especially if we ever feel like just giving up on life, Lord, may we hear your prayers for us. I pray that we would have a a spirit of unity that would go beyond our, our church, that would go to all the churches, that would go to all your people, and that we would desire for all of our neighbors to know the great love of God, that they would see you in your glory, and that they too would be with you. So Lord, we bless you, we love you, and it's in the great